Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You're listening to The Sports Stove with host Vince Stover. Today's episode of The Sports Stove podcast is brought to you by IPM Pest and Termite. To find out more information about Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals, visit myipm.com. We are also sponsored by RA Marketing, helping financial advisors get the leads that they need for their business. Go radigital.com. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. We're talking all things Kentucky Wildcats football with Josh Moore from Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald-Leader. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. Welcome into today's Sports Stove podcast. Today we are joined on the RA Marketing guest hotline by Josh Moore, sports reporter with the Lexington Herald-Leader and uh, focusing in on Kentucky football today. Josh, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Uh, let's start off with uh, two years ago, Kentucky was 10-3. and three. Then last year they come in 8-5, and five, which doesn't sound bad at the end of the year. Um, but obviously with Terry Wilson going down, and uh, they really ended the season strong. My first question to you is, was 10-3 and three a fluke for Kentucky, or are we going to see continued success like that here in the seasons moving ahead? I don't know. First, thanks for having me, Vince. And, and second, I think to you know, I don't think eight ten and three was a fluke, just because I don't. I think eight and five last year was was quite a quite a feat, considering <laughs> what they had in store. You lose your starting quarterback, you know, six quarters into the season, you lose his backup. Um, you know, three games after that, really. I mean, he kind of got banged up there, at, you know, in Florida, and then and then you know, down there at Mississippi State, and and. You additionally so, and so by then you're, you're, you're talking, you've lost two quarterbacks uh, four games in or five games in, you, you're I mean, there are, there are Kentucky teams of yesteryear that would have crumbled um, yeah. after one quarterback, let alone two, um, and this coaching staff you know, I know people can you know, there are things that everybody, you know, there's critiques for everything, but as far as figuring things out and, and, and putting personnel in a, in a really good position I think this coaching staff is, is knows what it's doing when it comes to that and, and giving their guys the best chance to win I mean it's cliche but I do think they put their guys you know they go into into games with a game plan that they think can carry them well and I think that played out you know exceptionally so last year I mean they obviously you didn't upset a Florida but that game you, you know if Terry plays in that game that's probably you can make it even with, with the way it played out with Sawyer you know they were in the game. You know, into you know halfway through the fourth quarter. There, they you know there's a, even last year with all the adversity they faced. There's a couple games that could have went another direction that they played. You know, deep into the fourth quarter and, and had a chance to to, to win. Um, so I think yeah, you know, I don't think Chandler was a fluke. Now it, it, you know as far as history says, you know it's tough. It's tough mm. for Kentucky football to to have a ten win season just because there are so many good teams in the Southeastern Conference. There are so many programs that have way more history, way more tradition, way more fundraising, 
I mean, just hey, you can list off everything you can possibly think of that it takes to, to build a, a strong football program, and in almost every school in the league has more of it than Kentucky does. But I think under Stoops, they've done a great job of playing catch up, and uh, are now in at, at a moment where they're at least in the middle of the pack, um, which is you know, it, you know, when you're talking about most things being average or in the middle <laughs> of the pack isn't you know something you want to be. But I think in the case of Southeastern Conference football. Um, being in the mix, you know, uh, there in the middle is, is, is an impressive accomplishment. Yeah, I agree. I think because you're talking about in that middle group right there, all it takes is a, maybe a two-win difference, and then you're all of a sudden in the top group uh, in, the, in the SEC. And that's really kind of what brings us to this season because talking about how strong the SEC is when it comes to recruiting, coaching, the level of talent that's there, well, this season – there are going to be no outside of Vandy. There are going to be no easy wins in the in the season for Kentucky, and then so they got a ten game SEC schedule this year, starting out with Auburn. How do you think the season plays out for Kentucky? This is obviously when you're talking about the COVID things along with regular injuries. We have no idea what's going to happen, but uh, if everything stays as is, everybody's healthy. How do you think the season plays out for Kentucky this year? Yeah, you're right. Everything's obviously you got to qualify with a big if. <laughs> I feel really good. I think they can go down there and start the season off with a win at Auburn. But then if you tell me Terry Wilson can't play that first week, then I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm going to revise my, my my prediction, you know, if he has, if something were to happen and he had to sit out for COVID or something. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 obviously it's a big if. But, but yeah, I think there's a chance here for Kentucky. I mean, my, you know, sort of floor for, for, for the Cats this season, I think – you know, I can see a scenario plays out where they win, you know, go four and six, and that would be, um, you know, on its face, you know, disappointing because, you know, you hear four and six, and it's obviously a losing record. Mm-hmm. But four wins in the SEC is still, in most cases, more wins than they've had in most years in the yeah. SEC. Um, but I don't think that's the four either. I think, I think five is a good spot to start with with this team because I think like you said Vanderbilt should be a win they've had probably more you know we don't know the specific players a lot of them but it sounds like they've had more players opt out than you know about anybody um and so and they were already starting from a position of you know not a lot of strength to begin with and they're trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be and might end up being Danny Clark who was at UK a couple years ago Hmm. um so you know so Vandy you chalk that one up as a win I think I think that you know after you get done at Auburn regardless of what happens down there I think um, that that two you know games two and three home against Ole Miss and Mississippi State set up pretty nicely. I think both of those programs, um, you know, they're not gimmies, but I think they're teams that you are you know across the board more talented than. And both have had coaches that are trying to install you know, new schemes and new um, philosophies and trying to figure out things to do and who their best players are. And you're you know, and they're in the same boat as you are when it comes to having to have played. You know, nothing but an SEC schedule early on, and 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 you know, so much uncertainty, and having players quarantine and whatever it might be. Uh, you know, Missouri is a team that Kentucky's had real a lot of success against lately. Uh, one of a few teams in the SEC they actually have a winning record against all time. Um, it's not a lot. You know, it's a small sample size still compared to most of them, but that's still a game you look at, and I think it should be a win. So you're that's you're you're talking to you know one road game there three home games that you should definitely get to four and um you know south carolina close out the season is probably the one that a lot of people i think are pointing to as kind of the hinge game that's the one that again south carolina is a team that you're probably a little better talented 
you know, talent wise, maybe they're a little better, but you're, you're pretty even. And you've had, you know, that, that, you know, if you, you know, take away last year, because that just was a debacle. I mean, that was probably, <laughs> you look back at last year, that was the game that you just, I think that was the most embarrassing game of the, the, on the schedule last year as far as like just the effort. It just didn't seem like um, anybody wanted to be there right from the start. Um, and, and, and then obviously after that, they figured out some things with Lynn and, and changed the whole, you know, you know, changed their whole season. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think that Carolina game is the one you, you'd look at as, okay, that's, you know, that's, that's very winnable, especially when it's your last game. It'll be senior, you know, senior night as, you know, for, for the Wildcats that night. Yeah. Um, so they get to five, and I think five is, is, I think that's the four. Um, obviously, I think Florida is a team, you know, everybody's, you know, there's a lot of people that think they're the best team in the East. I kind of, you know, I lean towards Georgia just because they've shown it more than Florida has lately. But, you know, there's certainly the talent there for Florida to, to come out of the East. But, I, you know, it's also a program that Kentucky, again, has gotten to a point where it's, very competitive in those games that you know there's been you could argue really they should have won the last few um other than just the one win that they've come out of um that series with and again against tennessee that's the, to me tennessee's the one that stands out the most that i mean you're on very similar you know footing yeah from talent perspective and somehow they're still in your head yeah. <laughs> You know that's the one that's got to be most frustrating as a as a fan, as a you know somebody who watches the games. Just just it's, you know, it's, it, as the players. I mean, I can't imagine you know what it's like to be you know that tight with a team and they still have the, you know kind of that that mystique um, mm. over you. So um, you know you look at you start from five and any of those other games go your way. That's awesome because you know Tennessee's beatable, Florida's beatable, Auburn's beatable. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think the only two games on UK schedule that I, you know, absolutely going into the season won't pick them to win, and you know, probably even midseason won't pick them to win will be Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, and you know, and and again, even Georgia's a team that they've they've kind of played tight with. They they've closed the gap a little bit, but that's the one team in the East that Stoops, you know, under Stoops, they've not figured out how to crack. <laughs> So that's you know that you, you but again if if all your fifty fifty you know possibly forty sixty however you want to split it games go your way you could really I mean your seven eight win season is very attainable and, and against this schedule I mean I think anything I honestly think five and five against this schedule will be very impressive again because it's a, you know in most years I mean UK has only had a winning record in that be like you know. It, it, <laughs> football 100 years and it's only been like 20 times yeah you know it's not like um you know there, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you go five and five um six and four and i would even say four and six i mean four and six obviously again looks bad but you most years you're only playing eight games and a lot of those years you've only won two or three conference games so to win four um it would still be a feat obviously five and five six and four seven and three is a lot better but yeah uh, you know, we all have to keep perspective, you know, this year especially just because of how unique the circumstances are. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned that Tennessee and South Carolina, I think, are two important games. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. For Kentucky this season, um, you're talking about the a three-game stretch there, Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, and then at Tennessee. They've got to come out of that stretch with two wins, I think. Um, you mentioned both new coaches uh, at the Mississippi schools. And I think Ole Miss is probably a little bit more susceptible than Mississippi State, but um, there should be winnable games for sure. I think Tennessee is is incredibly beatable. Um, they have been for a decade, two decades almost now. But um, you know, you're looking at. I agree with you. I think Georgia and Alabama are are losses. Um, Florida is. I mean, who knows with Florida? They <laughs> they look good some games and they look really bad other games. But again, it's been it's been a problem school for Kentucky. I think Auburn. I, I don't see them beating Auburn um, at Auburn. I think Bo Nix is a really good quarterback. Terry Terry Wilson coming off an injury hasn't played in a long time. Um, I you know I think that's just a, a a hard game to win. Is it winnable? Sure, but uh, definitely hard. I think you're right. I think five wins is a successful season without a doubt. Last year they were three and five in the conference, but obviously, you know that that was a really weird season. Five and three in 2018, and uh, so yeah, five and five is a good season. I think for sure. Um, is Terry Wilson the best quarterback for this season for Kentucky? Yeah, I think. Pretty definitively for a few reasons. One, I mean, that locker room, I mean, has a ton of respect for that guy. Um, I mean, we just had, you know, they, their first scrimmage, uh, you know, today's a Saturday for recording that the, the, their third practice of scrimmage. Um, they, you know, Drake Jackson was just speaking how glowingly of how great it was to have him back in the huddle and, and how fast they were going. And, and Stoops today was talking about he, he looks, you know, he, he, he's, 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 you know, obviously throwing the ball well, but, but you know, Looks like he has that bolt, um, and it's how he, how Stoops described it out of you know out of the pocket when he does want to pull down and run because that's kind of the thing, right? I mean, you, you, I don't think you're worried. No one's really worried so much about his throwing. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you look at that first year where you know they when they go ten and three, um, the touchdown interception ratio sticks out as something that's you know really bad and you want to change and yeah. obviously that has to be better. Um, especially if you're throwing the ball more, but his accuracy overall is great. He was one of the best, most accurate. You know, throwers in the country that year, and like the second best in the SEC that season. Yeah, uh, behind I think it was you know Tua was the only guy ahead of him <laughs> in the league. Yeah, um, so obviously a, a pretty good company there. So you look at that, um, you start from there. You know, it's, he's 100 percent healthy and he's ready to go and he's motivated because he's been sitting on the sidelines for a year, um, you know, a year plus maybe by, by the time they actually you know suit up and play a game and. And and you have the respect of the locker room, so that's that that goes a long way. And I also think you know what what makes Terry so important is there's really not a clear you know number two. Yeah. Um, you know I've been working from the assumption that Sawyer's kind of just defaults to that spot right now, but it's been interesting. You know he's not been um, brought up as much early on here during practices, and 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 not to say not nothing against Sawyer, and he's he's he's. You know he's still participating and still playing and, and still getting reps, um, but it seems pretty clear that they're hoping that Joey Gatewood is ruled eligible. Yeah, and um, they're also preparing for the future by getting Bo Allen a lot of reps. Um, true freshman out of Lexington Catholic, who they've recruited since he was, you know, you know, barely like I think right after his freshman season at Catholic. Um, was when he got his offer from Kentucky, and and he's a guy that they basically, you know. They've honed in on for a long time and believe in, and 
and the, you know, and that from what they've seen so far in fall camp, he's he's the guy that they thought he was. And so you're 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 looking at two quarterbacks of the future there, um, behind Terry and along with Sawyer. So you've got a better room than you had the you know last couple of years as far as belief and confidence um, in your depth. But with Terry, you you know what you have. You know he's healthy. You know he's he's the guy that's you know one went twelve and three as a starter. Um, and then after that, you, you're still some. There's a lot of questions because Sawyer might you know say Terry goes down. Sawyer probably could be the guy that uh, could still probably get you to where you want, but he's not as athletic in the pocket. So you kind of you lose that uh, run element. Yeah. You know he he's great at quarterback sneaks. That's the thing I thought was great. <laughs> One of my favorite plays last year was when they would bring Sawyer in for third and one there towards the end of the season with Lynn, um, third one, fourth and one, and just sneak Sawyer over the over the line. Yeah. Um, but then, but the, the Gatewood thing is the big thing, right? So that's the, the the biggest question mark is if he's not eligible, um, then you sort of suddenly look a little thinner at quarterback than you, you'd like to be. Um, but you know, that they, I, I do think overall they're in a much better position. To, to sustain some injuries uh, again because I, I watched Bo quite a bit when he was in high school and I think he's a pretty dang good quarterback so I'm not saying he should be starting over Terry Wilson I, by no means would ever say that but he's a guy that I think if he had to go in because of injuries um, you know especially with the offensive line in front of him and the running backs and yeah. they've got a lot of running backs he would be he wouldn't be as handcuffed um by the moment, as some you know, freshman quarterbacks might be. So you see, maybe Bo Allen even pushing Joey Gatewood next year for playing time. I think so. I mean, I think Joey, you know, has the edge as far as you know, just having a you know, a, a couple years up as far as being in the SEC. He's not been in Kentucky as long. You know, they've been in Kentucky at the same time, but he's you know been, been come from Auburn, been there a couple years, has seen you know um, defenses, played against some some SEC teams. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 I think he's starting with a little bit of a leg up. Um, but again, the eligibility thing could be huge, right? Because if he's not really eligible, and then you know, Bo, even if he gets in in garbage time, you know, right. or it's has a chance to prove himself, <laughs> that will be significant if, yeah. if Joe can't do that this year. Because then you're starting. To, then you would see Bo as a guy who builds up some chemistry in games with the receivers and and gets to do all that. So I think it'll be fun. I mean, I think I, you know. I don't think you're in danger of, of you know losing either one of those guys because this you know obviously Joey transferred once and Bo is a, a legacy recruit who I think knows that um, you know he, he he's going to be given every chance to, to to compete for that job. Yeah, um, Harry's gone too, so I think you've got a great one two there, and and it'll be um, a lot of fun to watch, especially after this season. Again, hopefully your fingers crossed. The the goal is to get through this season without either one of those guys. <laughs> right, play, you know. <laughs> But I think you've got something really exciting there to watch over the next few years. I think a uh, benefit for Bo Allen as well is they've got the new eligibility rule this year where they're saying guys can play and not lose a year of eligibility. So he doesn't have to redshirt this year. Um, And that might help him long-term, at least with playing time in Kentucky, being able to maybe get some snaps this year, especially if Joey Gatewood's uh, uh, ruled eligible. They might have redshirted Bo Allen before, where now they might not have to burn that red shirt this year at least and give him some snaps throughout the year just to kind of see what he's got at that SEC level. 
Yeah, no, the, the redshirt rule, you know, first, just the, the new redshirt rule where you get the four or five, you know, they were saying, I think, five games maybe this year you could get. But then after, yeah, what the NCAA is kind of ruled, you know, now everybody's kind of, it's a free, free-for-all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously guys, individual situations and what they're willing to pay for as far as the school goes later on. That's a, There's a lot of things to be ironed out with that. But I think you look at this year's, and I think you're going to, you know, if this again is to some soups talked about today. You're going to see they were already planning on playing, you know, some freshmen this year um, because they have, you know, it's probably their best class they've ever recruited, and a lot of those guys are, can contribute right away. A guy like Mike Drennan's probably um, one of the best athletes on the team. Probably your clearest thing to a Lynn Bowden on the roster. I don't want to call him Lynn Bowden, but he's probably the. <laughs> Kind of spark plug, going to get some time. There's guys, I think, at the, on the defensive line. They had they brought in an incredible defensive line class. I mean, the, the, the position of biggest strength in the class. Some of those guys are probably going to get some reps this season, just because it's they're not they're not thin at D line, but there there's a you know some guys there that are going to be playing that probably you know as a pure talent level, those freshmen are on the same you know raw you know ability right out of the gates. Um, and you're just going to see a lot of guys, you know, I think you're, you're definitely, I, I think the one thing you can guarantee, and not just freshmen, but guys who've been kind of waiting in the wings the last couple of years, I think you're going to see a lot of guys' names, you know, on the field this year that you haven't seen, you know, in the past couple of years, just because of the whole situation. I mean, there's going to be, you know, we don't know what's going to happen week to week with the COVID stuff and who's getting quarantined and who's not. So you're, it's, that's going to be across the league. That's not going to be just Kentucky. You're going to see a ton of guys and, and, and with, you know, greater chance for injuries because you're, you're not getting those, um, you know, because they built in those games against the FCS teams and, and, and the, you know, the, the, the group of five teams. Um, you know, you can lose any time out, but you go into those games planning on, playing your younger guys and trying to, you know, limit your chance for injury to your starters and your your, your peer one guys, and you don't have any opportunity to do that. I mean, there are better teams in SEC than there are, you know, some teams are better than others, but they're all big and, and, and hulky and, and ready to, you know, punch you in the mouth. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's you know, every week's going to be a grind and, and that's going to be something where your depth is really going to get tested. And, and you know, they're, you know if, if, if Kentucky five years ago even had had to go against this type of schedule, I think you'd be looking at maybe two or three wins. Yeah. You know, because it's just they just wouldn't have had the depth. They would have had the first wave that could have handled it, but the depth would not have been there. I think now they're at a point where they can absolutely get through this season as well as anybody. When you're looking at the offense, the offensive line obviously is one of the best in the conference, I think. The running backs are great, I think, as well with Rose and Smoke. We've already talked about Terry Wilson. The one really group that we didn't see much of last year was the playmakers or specifically the wide receivers. So what can we expect this year? Obviously, they're going to get more opportunities because Lynn Bowden's not there anymore. Uh, so which wide receivers do you think are going to step up. We've got some some veteran guys, but also some young guys. You already mentioned Drennan. Um, but uh, who, what do we expect out of the wide receiver group this year? Yeah, yeah, sorry to Drennan. He's a guy that, again, a true freshman, but he's a guy that could, you know, again, like Lynn, could really line up anywhere and be an immediate, you know, threat. Um, J.J. Crooms is another, you know, young guy. He played a couple games last year out of Louisville. Um, Butler, I believe. 
that you know he, he's he's speedy and, and probably going to get a lot more you know chance to, to show what he can do this year. As far as vets go, uh, Josh Ali kind of starts with him. Uh, he's the you know the, the hero from the belt bowl yeah. uh, down the series, and and really you know since then has been kind of crowned as the 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 one A receiver. Um, but again, but he's still a guy that you know really has to prove it. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he's getting a little, um, you know, I, I don't want to say overrated, but he's getting for he's not as far ahead as the other guys. As I think it maybe seems like when we're talking about you know this this group. Um, I really, you know, I'm a fan of Cleveland, Cleveland Thomas mm-hmm. uh, personality. I think is something that's really good. Uh, he just, you know, he sounds like a wide receiver when he talks. <laughs> very confident, very, um, you know, different kind of guy as far as like some of the stuff he's into. And I just think he's a guy that you know has has a lot of potential. Same for Bryce Oliver. It's another guy that I think really has that personality that fits um, in the locker room. Now, what you don't have, you know, at least as far as we you know know yet, is the. You know, you don't have a, a Maude Wagner type dude. I mean, talk about, you know, just how, how big that was to have a guy that big running downfield and, and, and just be so physical. Yeah. Um, there are guys, you know, I think Alan Daly's probably your biggest comp to him as far as like a physical receiver that's going to, um, you know, possibly be in position to draw those kind of plays. But, um, you know, so I think that's probably your, your, your core four there is Ollie, Oliver, and, Thomas and, and Daly, but there's again a lot of young guys behind them that are going to step up, like Crooms and and Drennan and and you know, Isaiah Cummings is another big guy. You know, out of Louisville, true freshman that you know Mel last year. He's a really good player. Um, so I think you're 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 going to you know, and hopefully they do get a lot of chance to show what they can do. On on defense, um, you bring back some really really talented guys. Boogie Watson's back. Uh, as well, um, they lose. They don't lose too much as far as I don't think talent-wise necessarily. They, but they did lose a lot, even when it comes to leadership. Um, what are you seeing on the defense? What do you expect out of the D-line, the linebackers? They seem really, really tough coming into this year. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I know we touched on the D-line a little bit earlier. I think that group is you know you're moving Josh Passable to back to defensive end from from the outside spot there at linebacker. It's big just because it gives that group. You know, a guy who's played the position before, but also been in the other group and can kind of anchor down there um, and, and be a leader right at the front, along with, you know, Quentin Bohanna, who, who's a guy just up the middle. You know, you, you every there's not a SEC offensive lineman, you know, in the league that wants to see him lining up across from him. He's just <laughs> a, and for his backup, Mark Paul McCall is another guy like that. Um, Phil Hoskins, it seems like Phil Hoskins is probably the guy at tackle that, that's going to you know slide in there, getting that six year of eligibility, has some a lot of experience. Um, behind them, the linebacking group is the one that you really, you, if there's one group that needs to stay healthy outside of quarterback, um, you know needs to you know <laughs> wrap itself in in in, in bubble wrap anytime they're. <laughs> It's the the linebackers because that's really especially on the inside. I think outside you're a little safer. You've got Jordan Wright and, and and Boogie Watson there that you know, but also some younger guys that have played and, and, and can you know contribute right away um, if needed. But you're really looking at a, a thin inside group there. You've got DeAndre Square and Jamin Davis who you he's he's kind of you know very capable, very I mean great athlete. It's going to you know 
you're not going to miss a beat with him there, but you know you were counting on having him as part of the three-headed rotation there. And unfortunately, you know Chris Oates um, is in a rehab facility for you know an undisclosed injury, and and, and that that just really, really, I mean, because they were thin anyway. Yeah. Coming, you know, with that, you know, kind of in mind. Um, so now you're down one of your starters. So you're moving a guy off the bench to start, and then you've got Marquez Bittbury, who is a former defensive back that you're 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 trying to you know move into that inside spot jared casey a true you know a redshirt freshman who you know played a little bit last year coming from the outside uh, so he at least has some experience at, at linebacker but it's on a different group and then you're you're just really trying to see what you got there with your your younger guys uh beyond that so you you worry that's probably the, the group you definitely worry about the most and then you flip to the guys behind them in the secondary who we went into last year you know, freaking out, thinking, "Oh goodness, you've got five starters, and and you you've lost so many guys from to the draft, and and that group was probably the most impressive bunch of, and they, you know, and they well, they more probably they we were the second leading pass defense in the country. Um, so you're really excited about what's there. Now you you go from the linebacking group who who who's pretty thin to a secondary who you've got probably 11, 12 guys that could legitimately uh, start. So you're pretty pumped about what was there in the secondary and you know obviously when you're talking about past defense uh the secondary they feed off of however good or bad the pass rush is and kentucky if healthy seems to be very strong at pass rush which obviously helps the defensive backs in their game but if you start seeing those injuries like you were talking about especially the linebacking position um you know inside isn't as big a deal when you're talking about pass rush but uh, that could hurt the secondary as well. But two new guys, um, or relatively new guys, Eccles and, and Dort at cornerback, they're probably going to be starting. Um, what are what are some other guys, or is there any other guys that you can think of that maybe they're not maybe not starting, but uh, they have a potential to make a big impact, especially freshmen? Um, I mean, you're talking about the offensive linemen. They've got uh, a sophomore starting there at offensive guard. Pretty much out of that, it's juniors and seniors lining up starting so, so what young guys I know you mentioned some already um, but do you expect to really step in and, and make an impact here this season yeah it'd be you know Kelvin Joseph is a, a, not so much a young guy but a new guy that, that transferred in really late you know right before school started last year and is eligible from LSU and is eligible now um, he'll be I mean he, he may end up being he may end up taking George's spot as a starter but even if he doesn't um, you know, he might start elsewhere at one of the safety spots, but but he, he's going to be playing a lot, and he's you know a guy that coaches are really excited about. You've got you know there at, 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 you know on the D line again, got Justin Rogers is probably you know a true freshman that's going to play. You know, five star, the highest rated recruit they've ever signed. Um, you know, out of Michigan, a guy that's you know definitely probably going to get a chance to show what he can do. I think Vito Tisdale, it sounds like, is a guy that's really impressing early in the secondary. Um, told <laughs> he he told uh, Bo, I believe it was Bohanna that that he was going to get two interceptions, um, or not Bohanna, but at the door. He showed he told he was going to get two interceptions before practice the other day, and he went out and got them. Huh. Um, so that's a guy you know, from Bowling Green that you're really excited about. If he, you know, if he's you know putting that kind of weight on his shoulders and going out there and doing it, um, so I think you know you, you're really just pumped to see what you know, I think defensively is you know this group you know this coach staff has kind of you know built this program on you know, on the foundation of you know having a really great 
defense, you know, especially in the in the past, you know, in the in the edge rush, like you, you were talking about there, and, and then running the ball. Yeah. Um, everybody, you know, nobody's excited about, you know, you know, everybody wants to see the ball fly through the air, but you know, <laughs> I know me, I you know, yeah, you know, I like to win. Myself. Right. <laughs> Coaches like to win. Yeah. Um, so you win how you can, and that's you know, a, a formula that's fit Kentucky really well. I think it you know fits it, you know the way this team plays. I think fits the personality of the state really well. Um, and again, talking about running the ball, Utah McLean's another you know, true freshman that you know seen you know even back in the spring when they had a few you know, live, you know a couple practices there before everything got shut down, he was the guy that they were already talking about who 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 was really impressing them. And you're you're talking about that's and that's you know a true freshman you know in a room where you've got three guys who are her studs at running back hmm. and you know another guy Travis Tisdale, a young you know redshirt freshman who. Who, who also can play. So they're, they're really stacked at back and, and, and really stacked at, um, in, in parts of the defense. So I think you, 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 you can see, you know, that, that they're just going more deeper into that. You know, we want to, this is how we're going to win. Not that they're, you know, not, they want to throw the ball. They want to do things. They want to recruit receivers and, and get those playmakers. But, but you can see that they've, they've, the success they've had in those other spots is paying off in recruiting. Yeah, uh, continue off in recruiting. Yeah, and you look at the ten and three season. Josh Allen rushing the quarterback, Benny Snell running the ball was pretty effective, and obviously other people too. But uh, yeah, this year the team really seems set up very similar to that. They know who they are. That's that's big in college football. It's big in the SEC. You, if you don't have an identity and you're just kind of trying different things every game, <laughs> you're probably not going to be very successful. And uh, Mark Stoops seems to be doing a great job. With building a team, now he loses some important people on his staff this year. Uh, Vince Merrow obviously being one of the bigger ones. Um, but they seem to be built well for this year and next year and uh, should be able to keep recruiting, bringing guys in uh, as well. Do you think uh, Mark Stoops is here for, for the long run, or do you think this is eventually a stepping stone job for him somewhere else? I think if Mark were going to leave... I feel like I mean he obviously talked to, to Florida State last year. There were reports that that happened, and, and he, um, I don't remember. I believe he even talked about it with us at some point. But um, you know, it didn't sound like what was interesting there. It seemed like really what was coming out of that was it sounded like Florida State was 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 not as interested in, in him as, as maybe they thought he might be. Mm. Um, so I think that was really interesting because that was a job you probably looked at. You know, he's a former DC there, had a lot of success there with Jimbo. I think that's a guy that, or that's a job that you would have thought would, would be his if if, if, if if they you know it went that way. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I think the, the type of coach that he is, and again, kind of leaning in that style of play. I don't know, you know, when you look at the country at this point, I don't know where you can go from Kentucky. That you know, it's got to, it's going to have to be a pretty good job. Yeah. Like, I don't think, like, there for a while, I think people were worried he might would leave for, like, Iowa, you know, his alma mater. I don't, <laughs> I can't imagine that happening now. There might have been time early on that that might have happened, but I can't imagine. Because you're not going to go to Iowa and do anything that you're you, you're doing in Kentucky. Yeah. Now, Ohio State came calling. Right. You know, Michigan came calling, maybe. But I don't know that even then, I don't know that those programs look at Stoops and Merrow and, and what they've done. Now they would want Stoops and Merrill for the recruiting up north, like Michigan and, and Ohio State, for sure. But I think I don't know that those programs look at what the kind of the way Stoops has done things and think, you know, that's kind of our, you know, 
Yeah, I think some. I think a lot of these bigger programs have gotten into this um, deal where they want to kind of be flashier, and I don't yeah. know that. Um, you know, I'm not saying they can't. You know, Stoops and company can't be flashy, but they've not. You know, that's not been their calling card. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think. I mean, I, and what the big honestly, the biggest difference maker is. You know, Kentucky's also put up the money. Yeah. Uh, They've, you know, for whatever you think of whatever coaches should be making and, and, and all that, that's another conversation. But as far as the context of who's getting paid, Kentucky's paying as good as anybody for, especially for, you know, when you compare it to teams that are, you know, winning at the same rate and, and, and I mean, they're paying better than anybody. You know, really, the only guys making more money um, than, than, than Mark Stoops or guys that are, you know, winning national championships or or, 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 or right there in the thick of things, in the thick of the conversation. Um, and guess what? If, if if Kentucky goes, you know, if they were to go nine and one or something and play an SEC championship this year, I can bet you he'd probably get a raise. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you, you 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 and you like as a sports fan, as as a team, you know, UK fan, you like that. You you want to see Kentucky, you know, put the investment in football because I think for fans that was the biggest thing that you know for a long time they didn't feel like the investment was there um and i don't think that's something i don't think anybody could look at mitch barnard and what they've done over the last you know 10 years with the football program and say they haven't invested in football um i think that's a you know it's very clear that they're made it they've made it more of a priority um and that they've they've you know got a staff intact that that is really you know excited about being at kentucky and recruiting kentucky and and recruiting, you know, and that's the, another, I mean, Kentucky, you know, the biggest advantage they have, you know, with, with Stoops and companies, they have those Ohio ties and Michigan ties and, and they're getting, you know, they can sell recruits on coming to Kentucky, but still being close to home. Yeah. Uh, and that's big. And, you know, you go, if you leave here for Florida, that's going to be a tougher sell. Something you got to start recruiting, you know, you got to, kind of get closer to the south and they've got some guys you know they recruit in the south really well but you know john summerall is a guy that sticks out former uk player who's on the staff as a linebackers coach and is really killing it uh, in the south as far as you know recruiting guys and finding some some prospects that the other you know schools aren't um you know popping up as much and, and they're having success with those guys so i'm not i'm sure it's a success like ultimately I think, you know i think stoops has proven if he were to go somewhere else that they, they could he would figure it out but Again, I don't know that there are many jobs that are more attractive than what he has going on here in Lexington at the moment. I agree. One last question for you uh, is this. Are we going to play football in the fall here at Kentucky? I'm incredibly skeptical. I'll say that. I ebb and flow. There are days I wake up and I'm a lot more positive about it. You know, and days where I'm ready to just just ready for them to cancel everything. I just feel like it's such a you know doomsday um, feeling. But I don't know, man. It's 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 tough. It's you. Um, I think. I mean, the next few weeks are going to be very telling. I think you know, and you, it depends on what ultimately trumps um, the you know for the decision makers what what they're willing to, to deal with because I think. I think you're going to end up seeing a lot of college campuses shut down based on some of the stuff that's happened here recently. I think you're going to see, you know, increasingly um, trying to shut down dorms and try to get kids away from campus. Yeah. And and that's going to be uh, – suddenly you're going to be creating situations where football teams are being asked to, to play. And, 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 and while, you know, 
it's not safe for other students to be on campus. And I think I, I think the football, I think the athletic programs have have done a pretty good job of you know trying to mitigate things and and, and everything. But but what the optics of that for like school presidents is going to be really tough to get over if that were to play out that way. Um, so we'll see. I don't. I mean, I think it, it really ends up being more of an ethics question than a you know health question because right. I think the health part of it they've sort of gotten past a little bit you know at least as far as the athletic programs again because they're kind of you know they're like they're not bubbles but they're kind of like you know cheese graters (laughs) (laughs) they're you know yeah they're you know they're doing a better job of protecting themselves than the campuses it seems like just i mean just because it's easier i mean they 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 know these kids they can they can monitor them they can flag them if, if something you know they can catch something real quick um, so it's possible. I mean, it's very if, – if, if these campuses, if these presidents decide that they're willing to take that PR hit and, and have to fight that battle, because um, what it ultimately I mean, – what's going to boil down to is, you know, if you make that – especially, like, I think Conference USA yesterday announced that they were going to move their volleyball and soccer seasons to the spring but not football. <laughs> and that's a pretty big admission on their part that – that football matters more. Yeah, and that's tough, and that's something. That's a battle that. Yeah, I would. I'm glad I'm not the person that's making that call. <laughs> well, you know, they they gave up the money in in March and April with the basketball tournament. I was really surprised that they they canceled that just based off of finances. Now you're coming to the fall, and the, I mean, and the SEC. And I mean the Big Ten too, and they canceled or moved. But the SEC football brings in all kinds of money for the colleges, and uh, that's I mean yeah, you're looking at it from the health perspective, you're looking at it from the optics perspective, and then you're looking at it from the financials perspective, which says if we play, we make a good amount of money. Yeah, no, the money. I mean, yeah, it's there's a lot to. It's definitely not an easy call. I mean, I don't, and that's why it's hard for me to to condemn or glorify a decision either way because it's it's. It's there's way too much, way too many factors to, to consider, and, and really, I mean, really, the money is going to be probably the one that you know, you know. Although I mean, you say money probably will trump all, but you know, uh, I mean, again, you go back to March and they they canceled that stuff pretty quick. Now in yeah. March, we didn't know hardly anything about what was going on in March. You know, it's a little bit different. I think if you are the NCAA and, and that's happening now, you probably, you know go about things a little bit differently. You probably postpone and try to create a bubble type yeah. situation basketball yeah. teams. I think that's what would happen now. Yeah. But, you know, obviously in March, you're just trying to – everybody's just freaking out, right? You know, right. You know we don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, we surely appreciate you coming on. Where can uh, folks find you at online, on social media, and to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Josh Moore HL, my work and all that work of my other colleagues is at on Kentucky.com and we're uh, yeah we're you know, obviously, you know we're going to be covering practice as long as it's going on and hopefully you know again I, I'm negative you know, I'm kind of pessimistic about it but I do hope I mean I, I'll be there you know or where I'll be wherever I'm allowed to be whenever games do start <laughs> if they start and I'm excited I am excited you know I would really hate for this season to not happen because I think this Kentucky team is really really good. And I think, you know, it, it's got a chance to, you know, again, like 2018 has a chance to be a pretty special team. Yeah. Based on all the experience and talent they have. Very good.
All right. Well, Josh, thank you again for, for being with us, and I uh, surely appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Vince. I want to thank Josh Moore again for joining us today to talk about Kentucky football. also want to thank our sponsors. We've got a local sponsor, IPM Pest and Termite here in Central Kentucky, and uh, they are your neighborhood pest professionals. Ants, spiders, to big things like termites, they can help you out. You can find more information at myipm.com. We also thank RA Marketing. They are a marketing company, helps with social media marketing and things like that for financial advisors. They guarantee leads. If you're a financial advisor, you need to get a hold of RA Marketing. You can find more information at goradigital.com. Thank you for joining in today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please like and share. Rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on as well. Give Josh Moore a follow and thank him for being on the program also. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove. If this is your first time listening to the Sports Stove podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes, get caught up on all things NBA, Major League Baseball, and some other Kentucky things as well. But until next time, we will see you around the Sports Stove.